0: Welcome to Shure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on April 30th, 2023, on the basis of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I've joked with Braden a little bit that uh, because he is our only confer man this year, uh, he's the center of attention whether he wants to be or, or not. <laughs> um, when I asked a question in class, he couldn't hide behind somebody else or wait for somebody else to answer. Um, he kind of had to, to answer those questions. That's one of the blessings of being part of a kind of a smaller congregation here. Well, I'm sorry to say, Braden, that this morning is going to be really no different. There's a congregation full of people here, but I'm going to direct my sermon as if I'm talking to, to you. Uh, but, congregation, you are not off the hook either. <laughs> uh, these words that I, I speak to Braden are for all of our hearts, and that we could take these warnings, encouragements, this law, and this gospel, and rightfully apply it to our own hearts as well. Uh, the section, I, I introduced it a little bit in the, in the introduction, but Um, The section I chose for the the sermon today is from Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians. He's writing to a group of believers who are gathered there in Thessalonica, and this is the second time he's writing to them. And and he is going to give thanks, and he is going to give encouragement. So that's going to be our roadmap this morning, too. Like I said, Paul is is writing to a group of, of Christians in Thessalonica, and he starts by giving thanks to God for them, He's giving thanks to God for them because the Apostle Paul, he, even though he has been around to a lot of different places and he's talked to a lot of different Christians and he's seen people believe for the first time, he is encouraged by the Thessalonians. He is encouraged because they share the same faith as him and that, that's an encouraging thing for the Apostle Paul. He, he is encouraged that they want to learn more. That they want to continue to grow in their faith. He is encouraged that they, they uh, have, have a desire to remain faithful to God throughout their entire life. And you know what? I really understand Paul here. And I really think we have a congregation full of people that understand Paul here too. That I personally, and we as a congregation, give thanks for you, Brayden. And not because you like to run slides once a month, or Pastor makes you run slides once a month. We are thankful for that. But we are, are thankful to God for you for an even greater reason. Because of what God has done for you and in you. One of the things that, that Braden learned in confirmation that you all learned when, when you started going walking through that process. Uh, very early in learning about Christianity, is that we were not born good. We were not even born as blank slates, but we were born deserving of God's wrath. We were born with this nasty thing called a sinful nature. And that sinful nature is a a nasty, nasty thing. Uh, It it causes your heart to be hostile towards God. You aren't even just apathetic. You want to fight against God. You want to do everything the opposite of what he wants. Your heart desires the opposite of, of him. That sinful nature, it doesn't drag you towards heaven. It drags you towards hell. And if it weren't for the grace of God, the state of all of our souls would be in a whole different uh, state at this very moment. And because we know that, because we have come to learn that, oh, we are thankful. We are thankful that God has called us by the gospel. We are thankful that Jesus has died on the cross for our sins. We are thankful for his grace and for his mercy and we are thankful for the conversion that only he could work. The perfect life that Jesus lived, the innocent death that he died, and the resurrection that he accomplished, these weren't things that just happened a long time ago that have no bearing on today. But they are just as important Today. They are still the power of God. That, that's Braden's confirmation verse, uh, Romans 1:16. "I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God, for the salvation of everyone who believes. That gospel, that work that Jesus did for us, is still the power of God today. It, it takes somebody who is damned and saves them. It is just as relevant today. And so Braden, we give thanks. For you, We give thanks for you because you sitting here right now and you standing up here in a, in a second doing a, the, the confirmation promises here is proof to all of us that God is still working in hearts, that Jesus is still saving sinners, that God is still calling people by the gospel, and that he is still growing faith in the hearts of his children. That faith that was given to you, Braden, at your baptism now has some substance to it and now it has some knowledge added to it too. You you had faith when you were brought to the, it was a different baptismal font, but when you were brought to the baptismal font, you had faith then, but now uh, you you have knowledge added to that faith. And may I say, a lot of knowledge. A lot of knowledge. Another one of the blessings of being in a small congregation where you're the only confer man and all of our confirmands can say the, the same thing, is they had to answer every single question at their examination. Uh, I don't know, some of you uh, have different backgrounds, but if you went through a confirmation where you had an examination, it maybe looked like you sitting in front of church up here and just as many people sitting out here and pastor asking you questions and you were sweating profusely and you were uh, hoping he didn't ask you the one question that you didn't know. Um, that was me. I was sitting in front of a church like that too. But I had 12 people in my class, so I only had to answer every 12th question. Brayden had to answer every single one. Um, and he, I can report to you guys, he did pretty well. He answered all of them really well. He even answered my follow-up questions that he, I didn't give him ahead of time to, to study too. There's some knowledge added to that, to that faith that was given to him. Paul is writing in our, our section to the Thessalonians the second time, at least the second time that we have recorded. Maybe there's other letters that he sent in there too, but this is the second letter that, that we have. So he's not writing to, to people who are, are just brand new, right? Maybe he's writing to a congregation kind of like ours, where we have people from all different backgrounds, right? Uh, we have some people that have been Christians for a long time, maybe their whole life. We have some people that are fairly new to the faith. Paul is writing to a similar group of, of people, But it's safe to say that there's a fair amount of people in in Thessalonica that know a little bit more than they did when he wrote his first letter. (laughs) That they have a little knowledge now. And yet, even though they have this knowledge, even though their faith has some substance now here too, even though they've endured a little bit, Paul has this encouragement for them. He says, Stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you whether by word of mouth or by letter. The Thessalonians were living examples of the grace of God and what God's grace could do for for somebody. They had knowledge added to their, their faith, yet Paul still deems it necessary to give them that encouragement, to stand firm and hold fast. Because maybe the Apostle Paul has dealt with what a lot of us have experienced. A lot of people are baptized. (laughs) A lot of people come to church for a little bit, maybe even for a significant length of time. A lot of people are confirmed. And a lot of people walk away from that faith that they once held so dear. A lot of people don't stand firm. A lot of people don't hold fast. And those people may have been sitting in the same seats that you're sitting in. Uh, being confirmed or sitting in a congregation and listening to these warnings and encouragements. And, and they thought in their head, maybe the same thing you're thinking right now. That'll never happen to me. That'll never happen to me. I'll never be that person. And then for whatever reason, after whatever life experience, they, they walked away from that, that faith. Because you know what? The devil is really good at his job. He, he is really good at pulling you away from the truth. His word. He can take things that you are so convinced of in one moment and twist them and tell you lies and get you to start to think something different. He can take doctrines that you're so clear on right now. Braden could probably stand up and give some explanations to to things better than I could. (laughs) But he could take something you're so clear on and muddy it, make it so unclear. Twist it until it's something that you don't even believe anymore. He can take the the word of God that was so precious and so valuable and make it seem like it's irrelevant or obsolete. He can work through other means. He can work through people. He can work through, through teachers or professors or friends to pull you away from what was once so important to you. He can work through other good things these good priorities that you have in your life that he might try to elevate so that he can put God as a lower priority in your life until he's he's kind of out of there altogether. He can work through life experiences of all kinds to get you to start to see life through a different lens, not through the lens of Scripture, but through something else. The devil can do all of that stuff, and guess what? He has done all of that stuff and more. We, we got a congregation here today that can tell you story after story, I'm sure, of people they knew who were once strong in their faith and, and whether it was a slow progression or sudden progression, they walked away. And we have a congregation full of people that can tell you about their own wanderings, about their own doubts that they've had, about the times that they have been unfaithful as well. The devil doesn't stop working at Confirmation. In fact, he might just start to work a bit harder. No matter what specific tactic he may use on you, Braden, one of the things he is going to do, regardless, is to try to get you away from God's faith power source here, which we've come to learn, right, is the, the means of grace. I won't make you answer what the means of grace are now, but we might need to refresh the congregation's memory a little bit about these means of grace. Uh, The means of grace are the means through which God delivers his grace to his people. The the means through which he creates faith and the means through which he strengthens faith. Now, now God is almighty and he can do whatever he wants, right? Uh, But he has chosen, in his word, he's revealed this to us, he has chosen to work through means. And so he works through the word. He works through baptism and he works through communion to work faith, to create faith in hearts and to to continue to strengthen and bolster that faith. So if you're the devil, number one tactic, let's pull you away from God's power source here, uh, from from the thing that strengthens your faith. Let's, Let's get you away from that. Let's make sure that you're not spending time in the Word. So let's make sure you're so busy that you don't feel like you got 15 minutes to, to put into your devotional life a day. Uh, let's, let's work really hard to, you know, we'll schedule you on Sundays uh, so that you can't make it to church here and, and be connected to God's Word here. Uh, let's uh, keep you away from the, the sacrament in that way, right? Uh, maybe the, the once a month that you decide to come to church will be the the once a month that they're not having communion, right? We'll keep you away from that. And we'll try to, to convince you that your baptism that has lasting effects in your life, it doesn't. It was a one-time thing that happened long ago, and, and your identity is, is not in Christ, it's in something else. Right? If the devil can do that, he's going to win. You'll be like a branch cut off from a living tree. That branch will, will slowly wither and die because it's disconnected from the thing that gave it life. Paul knows this. The Apostle Paul knows this. And so he gives, this, gives that encouragement. Stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you. So let me elaborate What here, here. I don't think I'm saying too much to say here's what Paul's thinking. Make that word of God your treasure throughout this life. Uh, when you doubt, go, go to the word. Uh, when the, the devil is attacking you and when you're, you're tempted, go to the word. When you're in, in going through good times or bad times, hold that word close to you. No, no matter what your life experiences are, we don't know what they're going to be. God does. Uh, but you'll grow and you'll, you'll strengthen in your faith if you walk with that word throughout your life. Paul has then a final prayer in this chapter for the, the Thessalonians. And then by extension, us too. <coughs> Excuse me. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his good grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Brain, you've got a lot of new things ahead of you. Uh, you're, you're heading into high school here soon. That'll be new um, wrestling against guys that are maybe a little bit bigger and stronger than you, um, which I'm sure you'll do fine with. Uh, if you choose to go, college will be new for you. Uh, when you get your first adult job, that'll be new. There'll be a lot of changes. There'll, there'll be some unexpected joys in your life. There'll be some unexpected sorrows in your life. We, I think anybody can tell, uh, Braden here, that life is not linear. It's not a straight line. It's a roller coaster full of ups and downs. And through all of those changes, through all of those ups and downs, there are some things that never change. God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His love for you never changes. No matter what you do, uh, no matter what mistakes you make, um, his love for you is never going to change. What Jesus did for you on the cross and by rising from the dead, that's not going to change. Nobody's going to put Jesus back on the cross (laughs) and nobody's going to to put him back in the in the tomb his work for you is complete and it is finished those things are not going to change His, his eternal encouragement and good hope will never spoil it will never fade and all of that is right at your fingertips in his word so when you go through those different things in life there's his word There to strengthen, because that's his power source, to strengthen your faith. There to give you encouragement. There to remind you that all of those things never change in him. But in God's eyes, you aren't a finished product yet. Um, You have a whole lot of of shaping and molding that God is going to do on you throughout a lifetime, and he's going to do that through his word. Until he makes you perfect in heaven, until he makes us all perfect in heaven to be with him, and that'll be a, a great day. But until then, Braden and congregation, stand firm and hold fast. Amen. Hi there, Pastor Wilkie here. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Uh, if you like the content that we're putting out as a church, could you do us a favor and could you hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast? That helps us get seen by more people more often so that more people will hear about Jesus. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today and, and we hope you tune in again next week for another sermon.